Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, you just heard it from Lucas Panzica. Breaking news, the Texans have hired a dude who already worked there as the head coach. <laughs> they interviewed all these people, and then they hired Lovey Smith, who I bet he had already cleaned his stuff out in a box because they let the Undertaker's brother go, uh, and he's hired by the Titans now. So the head coach, David Coley, got fired how long ago? I mean, how long ago does season end? Why does it say Texans expect to hire Lovey Smith instead of saying Texans have hired? I, the franchise, I guess, hasn't come out in, with the with the release. Oh. No official press release, yeah, but oh, gotcha. all the Ian Rappaports of the world know, you know, they got a, a text from an agent saying, hey, man, they just hired Lovey. So, so Lovey literally finished. The head coach is gone. Uh, I mean, the offense uh, – I mean, the offensive guys are gone, obviously, because like we said, the the Titans hired Tim Culley as, or Tim Kelly, Tim Culley, uh, combining people. Tim <laughs> Kelly is, uh, what's the, it, it is, I, I think I saw the report from uh, Chase McCabe. He had tweeted it was a pass game coordinator uh, job for him, which we wondered, you know, would it be something to do with the passing game? And there's certainly that report now that that's what it is. Well, 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 well let's, let's stop right there. Passing game coordinator. That sounds like a bigger title than what Swartz he got. Yeah. Because I, I'm i just. Senior defensive advisor, whatever yeah, so that, that was. That could be like, you know, you're doing, you know, I'm going to call it grunt work, you know, quality control type work and just kind of breaking down film. This sounds like he's going to have input on the passing game every week. Well, I think a lot of people hoping that he does. I'm just, that's what it seems as though. Now, sometimes you can get a, a title just so it can reflect your pay and you may not actually be doing those duties but that wasn't the case when we you know with Swartzy he I mean even at practice he was probably watching more than passing game coordinator means you're implemented in there and you're talking to players while you're practicing I mean this is a little bit different to me and that he seems like he's got a lot more uh say so than an involvement than Swartz that could be wrong right but just based off the title but he's anyway they Offensive guys obviously were cut loose by the Texans, but Lovey Smith, maybe they just told him, hey, stick around, man. If we don't find anything we like, we'll uh, just keep keep your box full, but don't take it out of your locker just yet. Don't don't empty out your office just yet. So he's been there all this time. Lovey Smith was on the staff last year, and now he is the head coach. So as Stoney said in his own TV chat, why do you even fire David Coley if you're just going to run it back with Lovey Smith? Exactly. That's my whole point. I, I disagree with this. Yeah, this is just... This is unbelievable. Yeah, good for the Titans. That's a poop show here. <laughs> yeah, until they get their franchise quarterback, will they really have any say? So, luckily for the Jaguars, they have Trevor Lawrence. So, at least they had that going for him, and he'll have conversations. Urban Meyer probably still be there too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, Lovey's a great guy and everything else, but it, it, this is just. Dumb. I feel like this came from up top, and when I say up top, I'm talking from the league. Well, this the no hire, like, don't like hire. A, this feels like a token hire. Like nobody was even considering him. He didn't even do any other interviews. Right. Even this own organization, the Texans weren't even interviewing him until recently. The don't hire. If you're just joining us, Blaine said this as the last hour ended. This you said this, and I agree with you a thousand percent. The league called them and said, "You're not hiring Josh McCown." You can't do it. You can't yeah. hire a high school coach who played a long time. Yeah. In the league as a backup to be your head coach. 
Look you at what you can we're hire him as a quarterback or off as a coordinator right. or something. Yeah, I don't even know if he called play. I don't think I've talked to people there. He, I don't think he called plays at the high school he was at. He was coaching his son's team. Yeah, See? that's the NFL saying you're going to get added to this lawsuit if you hire him. I'm sure the rest of the AFC South would have loved that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this idea Not to say that he wasn't qualified and probably is a good leader and sure, great guy. But everybody assumes because you play quarterback that you're going to be a good head coach. <sighs> oh man. Uh, we got Mike Herndon who's going to talk about this edition of, of uh, not Dennis Kelly, but uh, Tim Kelly here in just a minute with us. Yeah, but, but uh, We still got a lot of ding-dongs going on. We got ding-dong stuff going on, and we also have people who want to talk about We just threw this question out on the Blaine and Mickey Twitter. Is there anything that the Pro Bowl could do that would make you want to watch it? And people are weighing in on Twitter and the Zone TV chat, mm. and people are calling in. Let's try to grab a couple of these phone calls on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Mm. Sylvia, is there anything that – could make you want to watch the Pro Bowl. I did watch the Pro Bowl. Woo! Oh. See, I like that you are, are, are woman enough to admit it. Because a lot of people say they didn't watch it, and they did. Oh, I watched the first quarter, and I then I did it. not. So I do you... watched it to see what the Titans were doing. And oh, then, okay. it was fun. Oh. The, the, the players were having fun. They were smiling. They were. They were Whatever happened, they'd get up and they'd look at each other and they just had a good time. It just made you feel good. Mm. See, Sylvia. Sure, they did. And see, that's if I'm somebody in Twitter, Avancy said, I haven't watched Pro Bowl since 2008. I'm like her. I don't have any expectations. I just watch it because it's football. I, they're mm. having a good time. Okay. Mm. And I may or may not have gotten some information from a player who said, the NFL's insurance maybe might get, make guys a little bit nervous about getting hurt in this game. There are some insurance implications. But those same implications were there when I played. Yeah, that guys just still ran into each other. But I think what's happened is this safety, insurance, and more teams have been like, hey, if we get a player hurt, we're pissed. And then after the Robert Edwards deal on the sand, yeah. when he just really ruined his career pretty much, he tried to make a comeback, but didn't work out. So I, I don't, you know. Yeah, the insurance is always a part of the equation, but it doesn't really matter. You, to me, that's why I say you should go flag football. Make it fun and exciting. You'll still get the guys having fun and make it, you know, really cool for the linemen, do some things over there. That's why I'm looking for suggestions. I did like suggestion. Who was that that had uh, have a uh, lingerie football at halftime? I like that idea. <laughs> that was a great one. I'm a little perturbed, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't uh, think of that myself. Or make the players dress up and do lingerie football and that just be the Pro Bowl. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Derek says, I'll take fake football over no football every day of the year. Let's squeeze Ooh, in one that more. that sounds like a Mickey guy right there. See, that's me. I listened to it on the radio <laughs> while I was driving back from Arkansas. I listened to the Pro Bowl on the zone. might have to listen to it. It was pretty exciting, although Tony Baselli wasn't have anything to do with any of it. Uh, Jeff in Hendersonville up next. What would you do with the Pro Bowl? I totally agree with Blaine. 100% flag football. Basically, that's what we were seeing yesterday. Yep. It's just nobody was actually trying to stop anybody from scoring. I mean, it. in every other sense, it looked like I was watching a flag football game. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So just put the flags on them, and uh, let's see if we can see a lot of jump cuts by Tariq Hill and everybody else. And, and they're competitive. Mm -hmm. They would play hard. They it's not would. like they wouldn't play hard. They'd at least go 80, 85 for sure. They'd probably play harder, right? Yeah, I think so. I really do. People say make it like the NBA, but like basketball is a sport where players can relax a bit, go right. 50, 60 percent, and it's still be entertaining. And it's still basketball. And and it's still basketball. Right. Yeah. But football, you can't. You can't 
It doesn't work. The sport doesn't work that way. So, yeah, I agree. Make it flag football. And baseball is the easiest one because you're just going to go out and yeah. play baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, base, the NBA All-Star game is just a more exaggerated version of the NBA game, even less defense, and it's let's go both score 150 if we can. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, football is tough, man. Um, it's tough. But the flag football idea, seven-on-seven seven skills competitions for the big guys, you know, have Big Jeff out there and see how many punts he can catch off the jugs Ooh, machine. Ooh, I like that. See? People be blown away by what Big Jeff. You don't have to be the judge machine. Make it live. Let the punters actually. Oh, let the punters punt to the big guys. Yes, because that makes it live. You kind of can train yourself how to catch it off the jugs machine to a certain extent. Uh, but kicking the ball live is different than off the jugs. No different than catching. Vita Vea out as like the X receiver. You know what I mean? Like just positionally trade everything out. See, we've come up with fifteen more things. Us and the people listening, and then in chat. Than, than just a game where guys are just, they just don't tackle each other anymore. We're figuring it out. So you can continue to hit us with ideas on this. We do have Mike Herndon coming up next. What does he say that he is? He's a Broadway sports. He's with uh, several different entities, but I think he calls himself mostly retired now, but he still very much keeps up with the Titans. And uh, what does he think about this Tim Kelly addition uh, to the Titans offensive staff? We'll get into that and more with uh, Mike Miracles is how he's known on Twitter. That's coming up next on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Beautiful Monday. Super Bowl week starts. Uh, going to have Buck Rising and 3HL hanging down, uh, hanging in L.A. So you can listen up and have uh, live coverage from the Super Bowl this week. You can have coverage of the Titans right here, right now with Mike Herndon at Mike Miracles on Twitter. I, I was reading your bio. I, I don't know what to call you. I know like semi-retired and several things, but how... <laughs> How do we hype you up? Like, what's the what's the thing that you are now? How do we how do we refer to you? I I, I guess I'm kind of an enigma now. Um, I uh, I am a uh... you are dead air. Yeah, we've just completely yeah, we, lost we, it. We, Anticipation is, killed him. That, that yeah, was yeah. that's fantastic. I am a. <laughs> And, oh, we can hear you. What'd you say? You, we lost you. Am I back now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if okay, Kyler Murray or Arizona Cardinals cut you off yeah. or what's going on. They didn't unfollowed better. you or whatever, but yeah, we can hear you. I am a mystery. I am a mystery. Yeah. So, okay. Well, we'll just say uh, Titans mystery man, Mike Curtin, and joins us. So, I know we were going to talk some about this Tim Kelly and his scheme and what's he to bring to the Titans and all this stuff, but the Texans are the gift that keeps on giving. They just named a guy head coach from a he was part of a staff that they fired uh, who they had just now gotten around to talking to. Lovey Smith is the – looks like he's going to be the head coach of the Texans. How about that? Yeah, it's amazing. The, the Texans uh, the Texans and the uh, uh, Jaguars really are – I mean, the gift that keeps on giving, like you said. I mean, they, these coaching searches have been hilarious uh, to follow all offseason. Um, and, yeah, I, I – I don't know, you know, where Lovey Smith came from. It was just kind of out of left field. It felt like because uh, I don't know that anyone looked at that search and said, "Okay, yeah, this is this is a good spot for Lovey Smith." I mean, uh, you know, give him credit for what he did. I mean, he's always been a good defensive coordinator and good defensive mind. But I, you know, he's he's had really, if you count college, three head coaching stops, and none of them went, you know, particularly well. Um, I guess the the Bears had some success when he was there, but it, you know, it's it's been a while uh, for that. 
Oh, Mike is getting us again with the anticipation. Mike, we keep. Okay, we're going to try Mike on a different mm. phone line here. Maybe we can get him. Mm. He's, mm. he's so, he, so, he slipped away from us. Let, let's get to this this Kyler Murray stuff and him unfollowing his Arizona Cardinals on Twitter. His Arizona Cardinals, right? Like he owns it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, man, is there a riff here because he played so horrific in the playoff game and a lot of people were, you know, hey man, he's available maybe. For a cheap price. Maybe he's saying, hey, uh, Buccaneers, I'll just pick up that thing and run with it. Uh, Athletic reporting, among others, Kyler Murray has unfollowed the Cardinals on all social media. And all Cardinals-related content is gone from his Instagram. Right. Only recent content was a picture of him at the Pro Bowl and a story share of Mike Evans' post that said he always wanted to catch a pass from the Texas legend. So there you go. Uh Maybe he's campaigning for the Bucs job. Ooh, man, this this is the world we're in now. Like, a guy deletes some stuff from his Instagram, and it's, hey, man, what's going on? What are we doing here? Uh Kyler Murray. Is is that that an upgrade over Tannehill or no? If there was a possibility. We're just, you know, there's no speculation as far as him coming to tights, but is he better than... Tannehill. Well, let's just ask Mike Hernan, who's back with us now. Apparently, his his phone is resurfaced. So, again, before we get into the Tim Kelly stuff, there's this. You got to get rid of that burner phone, man. Kyler Murray has basically gotten rid of every bit of Cardinals content from his social media and unfollowed them. Apparently, he is uh, ready to job shop. If somebody came to you today and said, hey, man, the Titans could make a deal for this guy. You want him or Tannehill, your GM, Mike Herndon, who joins us, Mike, uh, you going to go Kyler Murray? You going to go Tannehill? Oof, that that is a really <laughs> tough question. I mean, obviously the age thing, uh, you know, plays quite a bit into to Murray's favor, and and he's electric in, in certain situations. But I think you have to build an offense completely around him and his skill set. And you know, I, I'm not sure if that's the vision uh, that Mike Vrabel has for this offense, or whether the rest of the team uh, really fits what, what Kyler Murray wants to do and what Kyler Murray needs to be uh, in an NFL offense. I, I think it'd definitely be an odd fit, um, but, you know, you can't deny the talent is there. Um, it, I I guess for the Titans specifically, I would probably lean Tannehill, despite the fact that I think Murray's a more talented quarterback. Um, so I, I don't know. That that would be an extremely tough question. If uh, I guess it would depend on what the offer was and everything else like that. But uh, that, those two are pretty tightly bunched as far as uh, you know where they are in the NFL pecking order, in my opinion, at least. Man, the NFL is just a never-ending, churning news cycle, and we are discussing some of that uh, right now with Mike Herndon, who joins us here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Mike, uh, naturally, uh, the Titans uh, signed OC, I guess, slash senior offensive assistant passing game coordinator or something to that effect. Seems like that's a little more clout than what Swartzy got based off of title uh, on defense. So what do you think? Will he have more say-so, at least in the passing game, uh, every week, do you think, with that title? Or is that just a title just to justify maybe salaries getting? Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. My guess is that he will have a good bit of cloud because, I mean, he's a guy that goes way back with Vrabel, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tim Kelly, his whole career is basically Bill O'Brien. He was a Bill yeah. O'Brien guy at Penn State um, and, you know, ended up coming into the NFL under Bill O'Brien and, and working, you know, all the way up until O'Brien was fired. 
Um, and so he is a true and true Bill, Bill O'Brien guy, and Vrabel obviously you know, coached with him for several years in Houston. So that relationship goes back further than Vrabel's relationship with Downing. And, you know, frankly, I, I think you could certainly argue that Tim Kelly has had more NFL success as a uh, offensive coordinator than Todd Downing has. Um, you know, they, they both have really two years as the full-time play callers. Obviously, Kelly's was quite a mixed bag between 2020 and 2021, but he also had uh, Davis Mills and Deshaun Watson is a pretty big gap in quarterback uh, skill set to work with. So I, I think – you know, Kelly comes in with a pretty good resume as an offensive uh, coach, in my opinion. I, I think he had a lot of success in Houston. Deshaun Watson absolutely loved him. And, you know, say what you will about Deshaun Watson and, and his off-the-field stuff. But as a quarterback and as a football player, you know, he, he you know had tremendous success at the NFL level. And a lot of that he has attributed to Tim Kelly. Um, and which is funny. What's funny about Kelly is he was a defensive lineman in college and a defensive line coach when he got to Penn State. Uh, and then he made his way to the offensive side of the ball. So he's not, uh, you know, kind of the most traditional of offensive coordinator backgrounds, but he's uh, found a niche there and, and really had a lot of success. And I think coming in, he can only help the Titans. And, and look, Titans passing game has been their weak spot since uh, since Brable's been here, really, right? I mean, even under the floor, uh, you know, I think the floor, maybe the, the concepts were, were a little bit better. But Art Smith – you know, they, they had a lot of success in the play-action game, but the drop-back passing game has been an element that's been missing for quite some time now. And if Tim Kelly can bring a little bit of that, which is really what they majored in in Houston, uh, especially with Deshaun, Deshaun Watson under center, um, that is something that could really help this Titans offense. And, you know, it, obviously the Titans found a way to make it work between Bowen and, and Schwartz last year without, you know, anybody – getting their feelings hurt, and hopefully the same can happen between Tim Kelly and Todd Downing because I, I think everyone can look at that offense last year and say that, you know, Todd Downing probably needs a little help, uh, and it never hurts to have another uh, good football coach on that side of the ball. Well, under the radar, we went with uh, Mike Herndon, is that they hired another uh, coach from the Texans, Bobby King. Can you tell us a little bit about him as the linebackers coach? Uh, so now that's like three or – was that three or four? Three, three at least uh, former Texans coaches – on their staff. Yeah, I mean, the Titans really are kind of loading up on uh, on the 2017 Texans coaching staff that uh, that Vrabel was a part of as defensive coordinator, of course. And, and King, yeah, was was his inside linebackers coach and was the inside linebackers coach with the Texans. And obviously, you know, Vrabel has a lot of comfort level with King from their experience working together, but I also think this probably tips their hand just a little bit about what they see Zach Cunningham as. Because when they claim Cunningham off of waivers, you know, most people saw it as well. You know, his contract is not guaranteed next year. They could move on from him financially uh, with, with really no harm done by picking him up. Um, but the question was whether, you know, they might look at him as a long-term piece here and them bringing in King, who obviously is very familiar with Cunningham and, and was his position coach for many years, uh, is kind of an indication to me that, yeah, they want Cunningham and David Long to be the guy or the duo uh, in the middle of that defense in 2022, and, and they should. You know, Cunningham was great 
after coming over here. And so I think this this addition only gives them more comfortability and, and probably more streamlined communication all the way from Brable to the, the players in that room. Uh, so I think that's that's kind of what this is. And, and ultimately, I know people – kind of get on Vrabel sometimes about, oh, he just wants to hire former, you know, Texans coaches. Well, that may be true, but it's also the ability to teach players is something that Vrabel always harps on. And if these guys weren't good teachers uh, of the game, I, I don't think they'd be here. And Vrabel, uh, that is his, his kind of key element, I feel like, that he looks for in coaches. And the majority of his coaching staff has done – tremendous work uh under under him during the time that they've been here and and you've seen guys go on to get head coaching jobs uh and things like that so i i think brable has earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to staff hires uh over the last few years and i certainly think he's due that benefit here with uh bobby king and uh and tim kelly now that you said that is swartzy coming back i know he's interviewed for some other jobs was that actually a Vrabel deal too as well you, you know I'm, I'm not sure i would imagine it. it he had to have at least signed off on it but the interesting thing i guess was that you know none of the current titans really had any sort of substantial connection to shorts um it, you know obviously shorts had the connection to the franchise as a whole but john robinson brable none of those guys had any direct connection there um so yeah schwartz coming back it, you know again that has to be you know labeled a pretty unqualified success at this point, regardless of how much credit you actually want to give him versus Bowen and, and some of the other coaches on that side of the ball. But Schwartz clearly uh, didn't hurt things. Um, we know that for sure, um, as the defense got a lot better after him uh, arriving in Nashville, which you know defenses tend to do when Schwartz shows up. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the way Vrabel is building out this staff now almost feels to me kind of like the way Nick Saban uh, does at Alabama, where he just gets a bunch of coaches, uh, former coaches that were high up or, or have a high experience level and brings them in as analysts and things like that. And that's kind of been a trend at the, the college level recently. I know, you know, Texas has started doing that with, uh, you know, uh, Gary Patterson going uh, to them this year. And there's rumors that David Cutcliffe is also going to be uh, headed that way as well. But, you know, building a coaching staff and having multiple guys that can, you know, when you do lose a coordinator in a couple of years, if, you know, say, you know, this is a bad example right now, but Downing, say he has a couple of monster years and he goes and gets a job as a head coach somewhere, you know, having a Tim Kelly that could step right in and you don't have to go search uh, the outside, um, I think is valuable to the Titans as well. Because, you know, Vrabel is more of a CEO type coach and he's always going to be prone to losing coordinators to some degree. So um, I think building that deep bench of talented coaches is definitely a good thing. Mm. Well, with uh, Mike Herndon uh, right here on uh, the Blaine and Mickey show. So let's say you get to 26 or maybe they trade back. I actually found a trade from two years ago where the Patriots got a second and a third for like pick number 23. I could certainly see John Robinson trying to do something like that. Whether it's, (laughs) whether it's at 26 Mike or they jump, you know, early in the second round and, you know, Desmond Ritter's there, Carson Strong, or somebody they really like. Is it time to pull the trigger on on that guy if it's their guy? Uh, yeah, I think if if they have a quarterback that they really like, and, and I mean, I definitely don't think they should take one just to take one, right? I, like, I mean, that that almost never works out. But if they've got a guy that they're sold on that they think 
all right, this guy can be the next guy here and take us to the next level offensively. I think it is time to start looking because this is going to be the last year of Ryan Tannehill's guaranteed money in his contract. Now, he still will have cap charges that are left over from bonuses and things like that, but at that point, at this point, that's all sunk cost, right? Yeah. So the guaranteed salary, this is his last year. So I, I think that's kind of how you have to look at it is, you know, do you have a guy that you love? And if so, do you want to bring him in and kind of give him the Mahomes treatment where he can sit for a year uh, and then take over in 23? Uh, and I think that's probably the ideal scenario if you have a quarterback that you love. If you don't, you know, I don't think you can force the issue there. You'd rather, you know, I'd rather see them trade all of their picks in the draft up to go up into the top 10 to get a guy uh, if they love a quarterback rather than sit there and just take whoever's left over from the scrap heap at, you know, 26 or whatever. I, I think go get your guy that you love and don't wait around to do it. If, uh, if there is a quarterback in this draft that you, that you fall in love with as a staff. Um, but yeah, it, it all depends on kind of what their evaluation is there for that position. Cause that's one of those spots where you just can't swing and miss. You get, you got to go get your guy uh, when he's available. Do you love any of these guys? I, I, don't love any of them. No, I, I, the one that the two that intrigue me the most, I guess, are are Pickett, who I think is probably still going to go in the top ten, um, and Malik Willis. I, I think Willis to me has the highest upside, and and I think if the last few drafts have taught us anything about quarterbacks, is that maybe you should just swing for the guy with the highest upside if you're going to go. Uh, and take a big swing at quarterback because you know we've seen the upside guys like Josh Allen and uh, you know Justin Herbert and and guys and Patrick Mahomes was an upside guy right yeah. um, all of those guys you know are kind of the current model uh, that I think most teams are probably following and to me out of all the guys in this draft class Malik Willis fits that upside model the best. Um, so that that would be the guy that would kind of catch my eye out of this class. Based off the roster that currently exists, and assuming the guys who are free agents, you can put this into the equation, where do you see the holes in this roster that will be coming up next year? That uh, What position groups do you think they need to address? Whether it's free agency or draft, what position groups do you think they need to fill? Yeah, I think, uh, I think tight end is a huge uh glaring hole you know they they didn't get out of that group what i think they thought they might this year and and they didn't spend a whole lot of money or capital or or drafts draft picks or anything there um but i think they thought they'd get more out of furcher and swaim and and that crew uh than they really did so i think that's a that's a kind of glaring hole on the roster um and then the next spots you know offensive line to me is still you know, it's not that you have one glaring hole necessarily. A right tackle could be Dylan Raiden's spot this year, you would hope. Um, but the, they're just older. You know, Ben Jones is a free agent. They need to figure out what they're going to do with him. Uh, Roger Saffold is getting pretty up there in age. So is Taylor Lewan. Both of their contracts are getting out of the guaranteed money portion uh, as well. So the, those are guys that they could move on from if they choose to. So, I think offensive line is a spot you need to invest in pretty heavily this offseason, whether it's through the draft or free agency with younger guys uh, to kind of bring in that next generation of uh, Titans offensive line. Uh, Even if you do keep Lawan and Saffold, you've got to get the next guys in place before 
you end up having to start, you know, like four rookies on the offensive line, which almost always is a recipe for disaster. Um, so I'd say tight end, offensive line. They could use some more receivers. Obviously, we saw when, when Julio and A.J. Uh, went down, they just didn't have a whole lot of dynamic threats there. Uh, you'd like to have somebody who can, you know, take the the role of one of those guys uh, – when they do go down, because at this point you got to figure those guys are going to miss a little bit of time. Uh, that's that's been the case the last couple of years, and uh, you'd imagine, especially with Julio, it'll continue to be the case moving forward. Um, so yeah, wide receiver. I, I think offense. You know, just generally. Yeah, <laughs> I see. It's all offense. Man. On offense, yeah. Um, and, and depending on what they do with Landry, edge could still be a, a concern. But if they bring back Landry, I'm pretty happy with the defense overall uh, yeah. and where that is roster wise. Mike, thank you, man. Fantastic stuff, and uh, we'll do it again soon. At Mike Miracles on Twitter. You can follow Mike Herndon there. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, when we come back, we'll hit the phones. I never got to give my ding-dong, and I'll do that next. It's 47 years old. Blaine and Mickey. That's how old you are. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, congratulations to Shane Foster. He got his jersey retired by Vanderbilt. That was my call shot on Friday was they were going to beat LSU because you don't lose on the night that you retire 32. No way. Ooh, He's coming up on call. 3HL today at 4 o'clock. Shane they Foster. routed LSU. Yeah, man, they did, man. That's a talented team they beat, man. I, that, was a, that was a good one there. That's a good shot you called there, man. I don't even oh, remember what, what's my shot. Big Jeff is defensive MVP, MVP of the game. Oh, man, that's seven-on-seven seven crap. He did, have, <laughs> he did have a PBU, though. He got a pass breakup. Byron had a pick. Roger yeah. Saffold had more tackles than uh, than Big Jeff. Oh, man. You look at the box score. Saffold's got a tackle. Oh, Must have come after a turnover. He touched yeah. one of the guys yeah. after he caught yes, it. Yes, it was a touch, yeah. That's yeah, more to say that they should be doing flag. <laughs> um, My ding-dong is this. I it was so, it, somebody sent yeah, so this you've been to me. Forty-seven years. Somebody, forty-seven-year-old ding dong. Somebody sent this to me. If I could remember on Twitter, but it was so far back. It was like five days ago that he sent he sent it to me, and he said for ding dong of the week in 1975 when Seattle announced we're getting an expansion football team. Give us names, and they had like how many you know thousand names that got submitted, and one person submitted the name ding dongs. For Seattle. They also got Bigfoots, Chowderheads, and Sperm Whales. So ding-dongs for all those people, especially the Sperm Whale guy. Sperm Whales. But in 1975, somebody suggested ding-dongs as the name for what would become the Seahawks. That got like 140-something suggestions. It was the most suggested one, Seahawks. But one person mailed in ding-dongs. The Seattle ding-dong. The Seattle ding-dongs. How about the Seattle Sperm Whales? Oh, Could my. you imagine the merch? <laughs> you say Sasquatches was one? No, Bigfoots. 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 Oh. Not the Seattle big... Sasquatches. That sounds. That's yeah, see, that's like... nice. Yeah. Kraken. Yeah, you Kraken know? is nice. Uh, yeah, the Supersonics. <laughs> Supersonics. Oh, bring back the Supersonics. Got was, to. Got to do it. Sweet colors, that green and yellow and white. Ooh, Jack Sigma and Marvin Webster, the human eraser, and downtown Fred Brown and I don't remember all those people. I do. Yeah, Dennis was, Johnson. Wasn't Ellis on that team too? No. Maybe late in his career. Maybe later in his career. I'm talking about the what seventy 
79. Oh, yeah. yeah team 79. Oh, so Dennis Johnson was on that team. Huh? He was. Yep, they won the NBA championship. Uh, James in Smyrna, he never won an NBA championship, but he does. We have this question out there, what would make the Pro Bowl anything that you would want to watch? And people are weighing in, and maybe that's the route that James want to go. What's going on, James? Right, right. Uh, Nikki, Blaine, enjoy your show. Well, thank you. Thank I you. We really need to, to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. I agree with having the flag play concept that faux tackling is just not getting <laughs> faux tackling uh, right the have 12 players on the field both sides on fourth down have three players go in motion on the offense oh kind of like arena extra points extra points for long passes and runs like nine points for a pass over 50 yards instead of six okay uh, long field goals over 50 or 60 yards four or five points instead of three mm-hmm and uh, longer extra points, uh, kick two points if they're farther than where they are now. And, and the scrimmage uh, plays, the conversion, make that four points and make it a little bit longer than where it is now in the regular season. See, James, here's what I like yeah, about I what like you're saying. That. Literally all of it. Because you've done more thinking about this than apparently anybody in the league office. Well, they, they don't have Thank to do you, any, James. They, they're not doing anything because their their numbers said everybody's watching. Right. We're so just they gonna go, well, just keep, keep doing it. Run it back. Yeah. Till they tell us that they're not. So, uh, Mickey, stop watching. <laughs> I listened on the radio. I drove around this city and listened to the Pro Bowl on the well, radio. That changed the format, man. And yeah. I told you, Tony Baselli. That, that wasn't even a tackle. The guy just stopped. They just touched it. Tony Baselli was just so mad. He was just sick about watching it. God bless you. Yeah, I turned and watched Dune. Dune? Yeah. And it, went- it was a NASCAR race at the L.A. Coliseum. I watched some of that. That oh, was good. Yeah, I saw that, too. Yeah. I watched a little bit of everything yeah, when I got home. I watched figure skating, too, man. I watched that, too. Yeah, man. I love the Olympics. Yeah. I love it. Well, you know, I do, too, because, you know, I've seen the people with the thick thighs. <laughs> we got to get our thighs out of here and onto <laughs> our car seats. On that note, uh, 3HL's coming up next. They got Shane Foster coming up. You will want to hear that and a whole bunch more stuff. <laughs> and in the meantime, in between time. And in between thigh workouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>